When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media and Alicia Malone. From the Knapsack Files Studios in Studio City, California, this is the return of one of the more popular shows ever to grace this podcast feed. But it was short-lived, but it is back today. We are so happy to announce the return of Alicia Malone's Film School, which of course means the lovely Alicia Malone is here in the studio. Yay! I'm so excited to be back. This is a good thing. This is a great thing. I keep getting tweets about it, lots of people wondering when it would come back. Absolutely. And, you know, life got in the way and we got so busy. And The last episode was in February, oh early gosh. February of 2015. Luckily, the same year. We're Time in the, has we're in the flown. Same year. Hi. Um, I got really sick after that. I think both of our lives got very busy after mm-hmm. that. Uh, my new job and your many, many endeavors. <laughs> um, and uh, just life got in the way. And, hey, this is a passion project at this point in time. So you got to find time for your passions. And... Uh, uh, we uh, kind of, you and I got to spend a lovely day in New York. Yes. I'd like to publicly thank you for making my time in New York amazing. It was my pleasure. It was so great. It was, it was so fun. Amazing fun. You taught me how to subway. It was great. But it was during <laughs> that time that you and I realized we really need to get back to this. Yes, we need to get back to this. And I knew exactly the movie I wanted to bring us back into the fray with. Which is? The Apartment. Which is the winner of five 1960 Academy Awards. Maybe I should do it in the uh, profiles voice. Yes, born. Uh, winner of five night now. Um, so um, <laughs> this is now you are so uh, you're smart, you're smart, you're smart, but you're definitely smart in picking out the films that you want me to watch. Mm-hmm. Now this show isn't just about me. For those who haven't listened before, Alicia Malone is 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 a movie fan, a movie file, a cinephile. Uh, she is also a, a, a talented and wonderful. Uh, movie news reporter and critic and all these <laughs> yeah. wonderful things. I could I could list your credits, and, but but you this is movies are a passion for you. Yes, they're your jam. They are my jam, and yeah. I love classic movies. And I think that a lot of people haven't seen the classics, mm-hmm. and and it can be a bit overwhelming to know where to start when it comes to classic movies. And I know that you in particular haven't yeah. seen a lot of movies because of <laughs> because of your upbringing, and then sometimes you just don't get around to watching them sometimes you need yeah. to watch star wars for the 500th time 501st time something and yes. like that but i am i'm so passionate about it this is like my film club that i had at school right where i petition for people to watch classic movies and this is fun because what i've been doing mm-hmm. is i've been thinking about movies that you in particular would enjoy yeah. And then I'm easing you into classics that way. And down the track, uh, if we keep going, I will yeah. uh, definitely show you some stuff that you probably won't like or might be out of your comfort zone. But right. for now, I'm enjoying sort of delving into the psyche of Ken and, and figuring out what you which, would like. Which is a dark place, but that's why I say you're so smart about it. You are you are been 
spot on the first two times, the first two episodes. And it's tragic we've only done two episodes. (laughs) But the first episodes were, of course, Casablanca, Mm -hmm. which I took to almost immediately and fell in love with that movie. Uh, It's great. Um, I I need to pick up my own copy, too, by the way. Yes. Christmas gift idea for myself. Uh, Then we followed that up with uh, It Happened One Night, Mm -hmm. which was, uh, we're calling it kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the godfather of romantic comedies in a way. Yeah. You know? And yes. so you knew I liked that, mm-hmm. and it, it, it hit hit good. This week with the or this episode with the apartment, um, I'm going into this knowing that I'm probably going to like it because it's a movie that for a long time, 20 years now. Don't forget, I was I started out in film school. Yeah, that's right. I started out in 19, people forget 1994. People don't know. Maybe you don't know. 1994, 1995. I was in college and was studying all things film, film directing, film editing, film writing, and film history, and all that kind of stuff. And there wasn't a movie I missed in 1994 and 1995. And that was a good year for movies good too. Stuff. Great Pulp Fiction, year. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, which I still haven't seen though. That came out, <laughs> so that there was a little, little some things I've missed, obviously. But I was in it. I was in it to win it. I was studying the Oscars. I had my odds. I, you know, you could come to me. Uh, yeah, well, this year, what's going to win? And that faded away and life faded away. But all that time, since then to, to now, uh, it's it's not just a matter of people going, oh, you'd like The Apartment. It's people going, no, no, you can need, really need to watch The Apartment. Mm-hmm. And me going, yes, I do, and just never having the chance to do it. Yes. But we're going to do it here now. So let's dive in, set up the movie. I, I actually know very little of it other than uh, Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine uh, are, are the main stars. And Fred McMurray, I, I, I knew that, but uh, to see it again, to remind... Uh, I grew up watching Fred McMurray sitcoms on repeat. So that's all I really know. And I knew it won an Academy Award and Mm -hmm. I love Jack Lemmon. Uh, I think uh, I think Hollywood needs more Jack Lemons. Yes. And the closest, I don't know, who's the closest? Spacey? Yeah, well, that's the thing. The, something that's really interesting about The Apartment mm-hmm. is um, Kevin Spacey, when he won his Oscar for American Beauty, he mm-hmm. thanked Jack Lemmon. Right. Because he watched The Apartment several times over for his character in American mm-hmm. Beauty. To, so to set up this movie, it's uh, directed by Billy Wilder, who's one mm-hmm. of my favorite directors. He also did some... Sunset Boulevard, Double Indemnity, Some Like It Hot. And this was the movie that came after Some Like It Hot. It was mm. released in 1960. As you said, it stars Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. And Jack Lemmon is this great character. His name is Baxter. And Baxter works in New York. He is kind of low in the totem pole and the rat race of corporate world. And uh, his bosses use him for his apartment. His apartment is quite small, but uh, it's a bachelor pad. As so, most New York apartments would be, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it tells some truths about living in New York. And, uh, yeah, so the, the uh, married bosses uh, use his apartment for extramarital affairs. And it's funny because this is quite adult, but it doesn't show any sex or talk about it really. But you know what's going on. And the tone and temperature of 1960 times were a changing, but times you're still in the 50s really at that point. This movie's being prepped and shot in the 50s really. Exactly. 59, but uh, uh, for splitting hairs here, you know, it's close. So did that cause any kind of uproar? Like, like, like uh, when happened one night with with a man in a t-shirt like is I don't think I don't think quite so much Uh, it was a commercial and critical success Mm. Um, but it will remind you when you watch it of Mad Men 
So it's got ah. that kind of similar office politics to it. Uh, Shirley MacLaine plays Fran Kublik, Miss Kublik, mm. who works in the building, and um, Jack Lemmon falls for her character. Now, I'll give you some reasons why I think that you will like it and the reason why I love this movie so much. And okay. I'm going to appreciate it even more now that I'm older. So You're not older. Sev- older for several reasons. Uh, mm. First, you know, you said it happened one night. It's like the godfather of the romantic comedy. This would be mm. like the granddaddy. So there'll be several things that happen in this movie, several set pieces, several conceits, several themes that will seem very familiar to you. I mean, Mm. even themes that popped up in my new favourite film, which I know you watched, Man Up, starring Lake Bell and Simon Pegg. I loved Man Up. I love it so much. So, yeah, there's several romantic comedy scenes. set pieces and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff in the apartment. Uh, also the characters. I relate to both of these characters in different ways. So Baxter, mm-hmm. he's the ultimate people pleaser. Mm-hmm. He gets walked over by his bosses. He puts everyone else first and he discovers that that actually does not make you happy and it doesn't right. get you respect. And this is all things that I've been learning. We, <laughs> we've had some margarita dinners where we've talked about that. Yeah, the power yeah. of just saying no and just putting your foot down and being like, no. You can't do that to me. Fran, she uh, falls for the wrong guys. So she falls for the bad guys, uh, the the people that don't treat her with uh, much worth. And again, she discovers that that does not make you happy. That makes you feel worthless. Mm. And she can't really see the good guy that's right in front of her, Baxter, who's just there. But he, you know, he's too shy. He's hopeless in love. So I think, you know, you and I, we've talked a lot about love and uh, how we oscillate isolate from like doesn't exist it's all bull to oh yeah maybe maybe romance can happen um currently for the record my stance on love is that it is not a real thing it is something we make up and love romantic love is nothing more than chemicals and circumstance and no faith should be put in it (laughs) yeah so i think you'll relate to these characters who have both given up on love one way or another right and uh so it's it's funny but it's also quite dark quite dark as well. Okay, which is great. Yeah, so those are the reasons why I love it. When I first watched The Apartment when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I realised how complex it is, even though it seems quite simple on the surface. And as I said, now that I'm growing up and Mm -hmm. I'm experiencing life, I can Mm -hmm. definitely relate to a lot of the themes in this movie. Well, so that and that's why you gravitate into it and why you, why you like it. But I got to ask you, it's like eh, we're not going to get into your personal life here. I know stuff about you, and I know this that makes sense that this w- would connect to you. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you watched it? I watched it quite recently because we did a profiles on Billy Wilder. Right. So I rewatched it um, probably about two two months ago. I cannot wait to see it again. This mm-hmm. is a movie I watch at least three times, four times a year. Okay. It's a movie that I just love putting on, you know, watching. I, I sometimes put it on in the background and then I find myself watching it. Gotcha. And, it, you know, it sounds cliched, but every time I see it, I mm-hmm. notice something different. No, that's great. And it's, you probably know something different about the movie, how they did it, storytelling, acting, but also probably something different that applies to you, right? Exactly, exactly. So I... You know, I'm working on saying no, and that's okay. You know, you can say that. So I think when 
I first watched it and I was very much a yes person, uh-huh. I was like, Vax is so nice, you know, he's right. doing a good thing and I understand why people don't treat him, you right. know, properly, don't give him respect. But now I watch it and I'm like, yeah, Vax, you just got to say no. Just got to stand up and put your foot down. Come on. And he's such a charming character. Jack Lemon. I love him right. so much. He's adorable. Yeah. And I agree. There needs to be more Jack Lemon. Yeah, Lemon. You know, when I when I think of Lemon, like... Um of course, like coming in later, you know, you grumpy old men and him and Matt and all yeah. that stuff. I um, wasn't so much into that. Sure. Well, but but that's what you that was the introduction for like me and my generation. Me too, and and yeah. you're not too much far behind me. Luckily, you're far enough behind me that you're still a young pup. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, in watching him and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, yes. it's one of my I love that movie. But it's one of my favorite things about that movie is watching him going toe to toe with the current crop at the time mm-hmm. and how he stood out to me. And that and that really is uh, I think it's, you know, kind of his movie in a way. And, and mm-hmm. I loved watching like an older lemon in the modern times. And, and uh, it's like an old ball player who can still get in and hit that fastball. And yeah. uh, it always uh, he's always been one of the more intriguing characters in the Hollywood exactly. landscape because he's, of that. He's not me. a pretty boy. Right. He um, he's good looking. I think for sure, but yeah. he is very layered in in terms of what he brings to a character. All the neuroses and right. the little ticks and bits and pieces. There's right. some great lines in this movie too. Hmm. One of my favorites is, "Well, that's the way it crumbles, cookie wise." I mean, <laughs> I love it. I love. See, the I'm already I'm already keyed in. I'm already like like I said. I, I I would be highly surprised if I if I didn't on the other side of this set up. Oh, I don't like the apartment. I'd be very very surprised. And, and Alicia Malone's film school is not about pitching softballs to Ken that he'll love but like she said uh, the woman is smart she's got to get me in somehow um, so eventually as this, this show goes on and we take the show elsewhere too we hope the film school goes to not just me it's not just about me learning it's about you the audience and who, out, people out there mm-hmm. um, there's a lot to teach like Cobster from Schmoes we got to teach him some stuff right? we got to teach him some stuff I want to <laughs> sit Napsa, um, Napsa I want to sit Harloff down and make him watch Citizen Kane I, there's so many people who haven't yeah. seen these big classic films right. and you know right. i get a bit ranty about it so i would That's like good. to show it well to this them. is the forum for you to get ranty but but going into this look uh, if you're listening and you haven't watched it and you're looking for me to to one time put my foot down and say no alicia this is not a movie i like this probably isn't it i'm very very excited to sit down and watch it this is actually a great way to spend an afternoon i can't wait to watch you watch, watch it watch me I watch so it excited. uh and i hope to add it into my uh, portfolio of movies i love but uh here's what we do if you haven't if you have seen it um great keep on going but if you haven't seen it and a lot of people like to play along the first two episodes of uh, Alicia Malone's film school this is what they did they they watched the movie uh or grabbed it listened up to this point stopped along with us and watched it and that's what we are actually physically going to do we're going to stop this recording we're going to come back on the other side of it uh it will be two seconds in podcast time but two hours in real life time and mm-hmm. then we are going to break it down talk about what i felt what i came away from the movie what alicia came away and and, and what it taught me and it, it, alicia malone's film school is in session Yes, so sit down, grab the apartment, grab yourself a bottle of wine like I have. I brought a nice Pinot Grigio for us today, Mr. Knapsack, and enjoy the Billy Wilder classic and the Alicia Malone favourite, The Apartment. And that's the way it crumbles, cookie-wise. 
What did you think of the apartment? Wait, before we talk, Uh we should say to anyone who's listening, if you haven't seen the apartment, this bit is going to be spoiler heavy. This is designed to come back after you've seen the movie. So I just want to stress that. But... What did you think, Ken? Did you like it as first, much as first I did? First of all, isn't it great that you can use the term spoiler with a movie like The Apartment? That's something that's... It's, it's like, don't spoil The Avengers for me. No, don't spoil The Apartment for me. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, where do I begin? How much I loved this movie. Yay! Which, success. like I said, this, it was an easy bet this time around. But um, holy moly, that was a spectacular movie right up my alley. And there's so many things I don't even know where I want to dive into. So maybe I'll have you start. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think, you know, you're sitting next to me and Uh, when certain characters would say certain things, I'd be like, yes, yes, that's right. God damn it, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, this isn't a therapy podcast, but there's there's stuff in it for me, too. I can definitely see knowing you like I do. This isn't about that. But yeah, there's a lot in it Uh for both characters, both sides. Um, And and. Um, gosh, you know, this was, uh, we could focus on so many things in the movie. Let's start with Baxter. Baxter, 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 Mr. Jack Lemmon. This is, now I can totally see, I've always known that Spacey looked to the apartment in Lemmon uh, going into American Beauty. A big fan of the movie American Beauty. Um, now I see exactly where he drew upon uh, yes. and where his inspirations came from, that modern office life of a downtrodden kind of beaten man, um, beaten down by life or choices. So that was amazing. Lemon, uh, he's really funny. Again, these aren't revelations to me. I'm a fan of Lemon uh, overall, uh, always have been. But um, he's really damn funny and he's really good. The physical, little subtle physical comedy is amazing. That's it, the physical comedy. Yeah. I like how they show him doing all the things. Mm-hmm. So they show him cooking dinner, they show him, you yeah. know, with the spaghetti scene and they show yeah. him shaving and just the way he does everything and all the different objects. Uh, he has a great. You know, command of his body, he knows what's funny. The facial ticks, the facial reactions, the facial blinks and winks and uh, and moves. And they, the, you know, when he when he's talking to Fred McMurray and he uh, you know, squeezes the, uh, the the nose, the nasal spray <laughs> out. Um, uh, little tiny it. things. There's he b- clearly brings a heart and soul to this m- movie in depth. And look, like we could focus on the fact that there's a there's whip smart dialogue, there's funny comedy, there's a sweetheart to it. You're definitely right. This is a very dark movie, directly dealing with suicide, <laughs> suicide. as a theme, and guns and sleeping pills and all those kind of things. Um, and they never mention mm-hmm. exactly what happened, and they right. never talk about sex explicitly, which I I enjoy. And it, look, we all have, I mem- remember. We talked about it, and it happens when I even Casablanca. Uh, it makes sound, make me sound like an old footy duddy eating my Werther's original candies. But I, I look, I enjoy a good sexy comedy or a good classy oh, sex gee. scene. This is weird. Out of sight with George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez, one of my oh, favorite yeah. sex scenes in all time because it was shot in a very interesting, different, classy way. I, I can dig all that stuff, but I enjoy a movie where it's just kind of it's all uh, it's all implied when she's saying. You know, you know about my appendix scar. Don't tell anyone you know that. I, I don't want people f- want finding out how you, you know, yeah, thinking, thinking thinking how you found you that out. out. Yeah. Stuff like that. Very good. I Because I, I, that way you can kind of deal. They were able to deal with something so serious, uh, suicide suits so by gun and lemons making it kind of a self-loathing joke almost. Yeah. And, but in a, you, so you're able to address serious themes like that back in a time when 
wasn't up in uh, up and up in the public to talk about that. Having affairs, right, and all these different layers. I mean, Baxter, yeah, he he's not you know completely innocent when it comes to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he definitely uses his apartment to get ahead on his work, but yeah, he is a very downtrodden guy. He Correct. says at one point that he finds it difficult to say no to certain people, right, and he learns that as he goes along. And I love the fact that when he finally stands up. That's when she realizes what a good guy he is because, yeah, yeah it's not that attractive to see yeah. someone who is just right. laying down for these scumbags that don't deserve it. And I liked how, as I going into this and knowing the premise, I was like, how does he get to this point? How does he just decide to start to, you know, rent out his apartment, basically? Yeah. Um, Spend the night in the cold? Right. It, it, how did he get to that? Because I, I wanted to feel sorry for him. Um, but you're right. In the beginning, it's like when he's standing out or sitting out in the park, it's like, well, yeah, you kind of did this to yourself. But I, they, they explained in a very good way how it just kind of one of those things that happened. They needed a place to change into a tuxedo you or a suit. You can't say no to these kind of no. people. And then, and then, yeah, you're right. You're getting something. And that's kind of a theme for life, too. Sometimes you make some decisions. Maybe you compromise. And you get yourself a little bit in over your head. Yep. And, and then you're down the line. You have to, at one point, just realize what you've done mm-hmm. and say, no. No. I've had enough. <laughs> No more. Uh, Stand up for yourself. A few times during the viewing, I, of course, turned to Alicia or, or just simply said, no. Yeah, no, no. Just um, say no. A lot of, lot of lessons in there. And let's talk, uh, jump a little to Shirley MacLaine. Yes. Um, look, growing up for me, I was born in 1976. By the time I came of age and was aware of actors or who people were, Shirley MacLaine was already kind of an elder states woman of mm-hmm. Hollywood. So my memories and thoughts and opinions of her are that. And she also got into weird stuff with crystals. And it was very in the 80s. It was kind of stuff you knew. It was like, Shirley MacLaine's kind of a little baddie. A little kooky. And it's not that I'm unaware of uh, her youth or her previous performances, but I guess it'd be so. And if you're like 20 now and you're a film fan and you look at, say, I don't know, Julia Roberts, uh, who's still in her late 40s, and you look at her, oh, she's a, she's a classy, beautiful, older woman actress, you forget I still see her as the vivacious, spitfire 22-year-old and pretty woman, obviously. Exactly. So for me, to the, for the first time ever to really sit at the feet of uh, young, sprightly, vivacious Shirley MacLaine mm-hmm. was a revelation for me as well. Yeah, she's so beautiful, isn't she? And she's got, she cut off her hair, so it's a right. very, like, boyish haircut. I love of her character as well definitely relate to that i mean i've never mm-hmm. been with a married man but i've been sure. certainly uh, fallen for people who are emotionally unavailable again mm-hmm. not therapy but people who talk the talk but <laughs> don't actually wine is in that glass alicia don't actually walk the walk and that's right. something that just makes her character so relatable that she is as she says like her mirror she is completely broken mm-hmm. and then she finds her way back too and she finds out to say no 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 more and stand up for herself and realize that what she needs is someone who is right in front of her right i mean yeah like you said it gets really dark suicide um but she's so sweet and Mm -hmm. she's Mm -hmm. got that sass about her i love her scenes in the elevator when she's trying to like say hey keep your hands to yourself to the one executive and right like to take her on a slow elevator to china (laughs) all those guys are real real Real, douches real pieces of work And the thing about McLean, too, looking at her now here, correct me if I'm wrong, you're more of a student of the game, but she stands out to me from other starlets of the time. She had a very modern look. The haircut probably is is the biggest factor, maybe, but her style, delivery of lines, this is a time in 1960 where we're transitioning from, from, from movies. By the end of this decade, movies are 
different. Completely different. Completely different. And I agree, she is quite modern. I mean, even compared right. to the other women in the movie as Absolutely. well, like the uh, Marilyn Monroe. Ah, uh, that was funny. Type, and that's very funny. That's a dig at Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, you said it was a send up at, at, at Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, purposely. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Billy Wilder had just worked with Mar- Monroe on uh, Some Like It Hot, but right. you can see she stands in stark contrast to all those women, and mm-hmm. I think that's what made her so special in a way that she was someone that people hadn't seen before and right. she was incredibly relatable to women absolutely you know as well as being really cute as well to guys so yeah she, she was an unattainable sex bomb yeah and that's a that's a thing and that translates even nowadays you'll see it, it, it boils down to someone saying the girl next door look what that really means is it's just it's 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 about looking like this is someone who's a normal human to me i, yeah. I don't take it as a bad thing sometimes it could be construed as a bad thing but but uh, that's what I, i'm looking at this and i'm watching her and yeah they they, they, do, they do the send-up but again 1960 i'm fascinated with because one of the reasons i told you i don't watch a lot of classic films is just from the outside point of view is, is i don't like the old acting style the old writing style the old yeah. it kind of drive me a little crazy but i'm watching this movie and there's some of that um just because it's of its time you can't change that but i'm watching lemon and he you can see the strengths of the modern actor coming in you watch Uh you're looking at shirley mcclain and you're listening to her the way she her performance is great yeah there's no way you can take anything away from her in this movie she is spectacular she's spot on exactly it's not campy at all Mm -hmm. it's very realistic acting so i think this was around the time that they moved into that more realistic Mm -hmm. thing and i don't think Lemon, he wasn't a method actor, but that was mm-hmm. around that time when those kind of actors started coming to the forefront. Right. And with him, you completely believe him as well, the dark yeah. moments as well as the funny moments. Right. And he is just such a special actor, someone that we haven't yeah. seen much of before or after. And it, which is a shame because he has a, he's a great uh, everyman, and nowadays yeah. he'd barely be more of a character actor. That's right. Um, and look, I love my, my stars too. I, I like Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, George Clooney. I really, you need movie stars. Mm-hmm. But I wish there was more of this type of movie star. Yes, I If agree. that makes sense. Am I wrong there, Professor? No, no, no. I, I agree. I agree. And I guess you could liken Shelley McLean mm-hmm. in this movie to the manic pixie dream girl of the romantic comedies. A but, bit. but I think she's kind of she's more real than that. And I think we, we yes. haven't seen that many actresses like her yeah. as well. And her character, mm-hmm. I mean, it's compl- it's very complex. It's, it's yeah. layered. She's allowed to be vulnerable. Yeah. She's allowed to be strong and sassy. And, and unfortunately, these days, you see a lot more of the stereotypes rather than the layers. Well, that's a great characters. point. I didn't think of it that way watching it. I didn't think Manny Pic- Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but yes. She's quirky, but yeah, she's more y- realistic. Yes, and she's there. She, she's there or comes in to kind of save the, 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 the dude, you know, in a way. But. She saved it's, herself. It's and, and then and she saved him right back. Um, uh, which is the second time I've used that on a podcast. <laughs> I love Pretty Woman. Um, but you're right. The layering is there. And it's not just because there's t- dark stuff and dark tones. But I can see how a writer now or a director now could – could could start uh, not intentionally, but dumbing down in this process and yep. turning it into a, a thing yeah. uh, that becomes just a stereotype. Yeah, and I, I love totally the, get it with the writing as well. I mean, I watch this now, and I think it's it's such a great example of uh, show don't tell. You know, these yeah. days there's so much exposition in movies that they explain every single thing. And as mm-hmm. we were saying before, I like that. Everything that's going on in the apartment is just 
It's just alluded to, but nothing is spoon-fed to you. And if you don't know the premise going in, Mm -hmm. it actually takes like 10, 15 minutes into the movie before Mm -hmm. you realise why he can't get into his apartment. I like that. I also like the cinematography on this as well. It's all black Mm -hmm. and white. Uh, New York looks great. But there's, there's a couple of scenes that particularly stand out as a way to make Baxter appear even more small and insignificant than hmm, he, yeah. he actually is, like uh, in the office, the yeah. office scenes. And you see it and the way it looks, he's one tiny desk in a sea of right. desks. But how they actually did that, there wasn't that many desks there. Mm. They use forced perspective. So ah. the desks, as they got away from the camera, got relatively like smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm. And they actually used children... <laughs> Really? As the people right at the back to make them look like little people so it looks like there is a long row of desks but actually there wasn't. And that was partly, you know, because of money and and space and studio time but also partly just a great cinematography trick and they did that a lot, obviously, in Citizen Kane and movies like that. Reality, the CGI of old. Exactly. Um, But that's amazing. See, folks, and those are the only, the facts you can only learn from Professor Alicia Malone here in the film. Film school. Um, I want to talk a little bit maybe later about the, the legacy and the official historic aspect. But for me personally, and I know what you do, Alicia, mm-hmm. you pick these movies that have little little references and things of movies that are favorites of mine. Exactly. So there's two scenes that stand out. Yes. I'm going to see if uh, – do you want to guess or I'll just say them and you say, I knew it. Yeah. Um, uh, two of my all-time favorite movies, uh, Almost Famous and When Harry Met Sally. Mm-hmm. So this is directly, I mean, the scene where, where Penny Lane and William Miller and Almost Famous when he completely falls in love with her where she's getting her stomach pumped, which is one of my all-time favorite scenes and sequences in a movie. This is di- pretty much direct. I know Cameron Crowe is a, is a Billy oh, Wilder. Oh, he's at, literally written a book yeah. on uh, Billy, Billy Wilder. Wilder. Yeah. So I'm watching this going, aha. That's where it comes from. I see what you've done, Mr. Crowe. Yeah. Um, exactly. And the whole thing when she's telling him, trying to explain to him why right. she loves him and he's in love with her and he knows yeah. It's, yeah. it's hopeless. I mean, that is very much very, Billy Wilder, yeah. Very much, yeah, very much. So I'm watching this and I almost I almost feel so foolish and naive <laughs> to think that it was all original at You've one been point. Played. But But Cameron Crowe is such a... Uh, 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 he's an original he, in himself. He, he's yeah. original, but he's, he's studied. And again, he's a student of the game too, much like you. Yes. Uh, I could probably I would love to listen to you two talk about movies together for oh, two yeah. hours. Yeah, and and he's talked about Cameron Crowe's talked about watching Almost Famous with Billy Wilder oh, and just wow. waiting to see what he would think of it. And when yeah. he laughed at the right moments, it was the best time I could of his only life. Imagine. Yeah. So that scene is great. So I'm watching that scene, and then that's a very realistic scene in the apartment tied to a very realistic scene in in Almost Famous. But then of course being a when Harry met Sally fan and the big New Year's Eve and a run and yeah. all this and, and a speech and all that kind of stuff you get yes. it here yes uh, and and now i mean i'm watching it thinking oh uh, i, I want to i can't wait to this new year's i'm gonna have quite a sad lonely new year's with no one to run to but but that that's <laughs> it's something about the time of year too in new york and yeah, new christmas york. and new year's and all that stuff it's amazing it's think. all the times that you don't want to be alone you know you're, <laughs> you're supposed to be with family you're supposed to be with loved ones you're supposed to be celebrating things and right. i like the idea of the ticking clock as well i mean that's yeah. something that's used time and time again in romantic comedies for yep. good reason is because you want to make it feel like are they going to get together is it too late he's packing up his apartment is yeah. she going to get there in time is she going to realize is he going to move town they're going to miss each other and then right. she does the great run yeah. and you 
even see that in the Sex and City movie, sure, the sure. great run on, on New Year's Eve to try and find, but that was Friends and Friends. But here it's the same thing, and she gets there. And I love the ending. I mean, Billy Wilder is known for his endings. You might remember Some Like It Hot. I don't know if you've seen no. that one, but uh, there's a great, like, very, mm-hmm. very famous mm-hmm. closing line in that. Mm-hmm. And this one, Shut Up and Deal, is the perfect ah, ending because... He is saying to her, I love you. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? I'm saying I adore you. And she's just like, shut up and deal. So she doesn't say it back to him, but you know that these two are going to be together and it's a nice resolved feeling without making it feel unrealistic. Right. So what, what what is this legacy? Other than what I've directly talked about and, and setting up that kind of stuff, the yeah. the romantic comedy. But I really that I don't think it's. I, I can see how it sets up romantic romantic comedies, but it, it's it's a slice of life. It's a slice of slice of realistic life. Uh, um, where's its place in that? It's an Academy Award winner, obviously. Yeah, an Academy Award winner, and the writing I think is is the mm-hmm. main thing that uh, students of film look at when they look at this movie mm-hmm. because of the way it's it's so tightly written. No Mm -hmm, scene mm -hmm. is wasted it's all set up perfectly and then yes the romantic comedies have taken from it uh but its legacy is is definitely to be the granddaddy of Mm -hmm. all those romantic Mm -hmm, comedies mm -hmm. comedies and even dramas uh the relationship between the two um the new york setting the Mm -hmm. corporate world Mm -hmm. i mean i even think of like uh, how to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, which is another film that I right. love, and right. all set in office blocks and, and, yeah, Mad Men, as we said oh, before. Yeah. You can definitely see that and the place mm-hmm. of women in the workplace. There's so much going on, the politics of the time, and this is one that is definitely studied more for the script, I'd say, than the cinematography. Mm. But which which they have a lot of good stuff in there, like you said. So it yeah. should be studied for that too, I declare. Both of it. And yeah. I, lo- I loved the scene talking about Castro as a, as a new political <laughs> problem. It's like uh, modern modern political issues in and 1860. Didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> Their husband in Cuba. Well, I think it's just it's a great example of how to write characters. You know, to yeah. write characters that are fully formed and uh, characters you relate to and everyone can take something from it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I used to watch this when I was younger and definitely mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. first couple of times I watched it, I mean, I didn't quite understand what was going on in the apartment. I right. just kind of had to figure it out for myself. And then, I, like I said, every time I watch it now, I take from it a different life lesson that I hadn't seen before. So, what? What? When you watched it early on in your uh, film-loving career, uh, yeah. what? What, uh, what? What? What drew you to it other than it just being a great movie? I get that, but what? Yeah. what back then to now. I get now because yeah, you you've lived yeah. and you've taken your swings and your fails and you've, and you've cried probably alone on New Year's Eve. So I get yes. it. But then what, what drew you to you then? i trying to figure that out, actually. I was thinking about that today. I was like, why mm-hmm. did I love this movie back when I was, you know, nine or ten and I didn't quite understand what was going on? And I think I liked the, the comedy, but I really loved Jack Lemmon. I think that sure. was it. I'm trying to access my young brain because mm-hmm. now I see it and it's so glaringly obvious and I almost wish mm-hmm. I could go back in time to that young Leash Malone and go, hey, um, maybe learn some of these um, <laughs> before you actually have to live them because it's painful. Maybe just learn this and then stay away from all these red flags. Right. But at the time I was oblivious to that. I just yeah. thought, oh, Baxter, he's a nice guy I'd, I'd, and he should yeah. get together with friend, you know, and finally I think it's just that romantic comedy love. Sure. You know, I, I grew up, yeah, loving yeah. Harry Met Sally and Pretty Woman I used to watch on repeat and and when romantic comedy is done well even still today like Mm. I'm saying with Man Up 
it will absolutely capture my heart. Yeah, there's something. Look, as as we joked earlier, love is not a real thing. Um, but really, really, we know it is. And um, uh, there's something. Is that why we love romantic comedies? Uh, you know, someone my my, my my friend the other day I was having lunch with her or breakfast with her actually, and I was saying and we met up for breakfast, and I was saying what I said. I don't, I don't believe in no love, and she goes, you know, me think you doth protest too much. Mm-hmm. You probably believe in it more than anybody. You're just really. And I said, shut up, have your omelet. Yeah. Um, but there might be something to like going back to Pretty Woman. I've infamously watched five times in one day, and my couldn't figure it out why I liked it so much back then. It, it, and, and my mom's like, I think you just like watching people fall in love, and I think that's yeah. why love is so powerful. And so many people, why the romantic comedy genre is a thing still to this day. Yes. And it can be done wrong, it can be done cheesy and cheap and, and bad, but. But at the end of the day, there's something powerful about watching two people come together. That it it seems like it won't happen. And you know right. that these are all tricks that yep. the screenwriter is doing. And, of course, it's going to have a happy ending. Of course, people are going to end up together. But I love how romantic comedies set up this insurmountable, yeah. seemingly insurmountable obstacle that right. they have to get over. Uh, and I love how the characters usually don't like each other at the start. Or maybe one does and the other doesn't. Or whatever right. it happens, it looks like they're not going to get together. Yeah. And then the journey they both take to the end Maybe that's why I really like it. I, I think I agree with you that yeah, I like seeing people fall in love. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I talk the talk of like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't mind. I'm just going to buy some cats. I'm going to live by myself and watch my movies by myself with my TV dinners. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, like Baxter. Uh, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, I, there, I, yeah, I there still last night. have yeah. frozen I watched meals a great documentary and... for myself last night while drinking. Yeah, uh, that, that's me too. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think my it's love of there. romantic comedies, like with you, shows that deep down we do believe in it. <laughs> We're just waiting for yeah. our moment. I feel like I'm, I'm the girl at the start of a romantic comedy. I'm, yeah, I'm no, still like figuring yeah. things out, a yeah. bit messy, you know. Yep. Just you're dropping to... your phone in the lake. You're, you're yeah. just trying to you run into a, a show. You're, yeah, exactly. Yep. I'm a uh, manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, yeah and you are. And let the, the, <laughs> this is it. I, I would gladly go on your your girls on film show and talk about this eventually. Uh, but the, the manic pixie dream girl thing is is uh, it's it's a, it's mostly a thing now a negative to me yeah. because it it's a very it is a one sided uh, and Cecily strong seemingly complex but right and. and Cecily Strong on, on Saturday Night Live did a character last year. Of the girl you find in every romantic comedy, and it was spot on. It was perfect, and you yes. haven't seen it, go look up. I think, though, it comes from a spot of, lest we forget that most of these movies are written by lonely white men <laughs> who just want to meet someone at a coffee shop and have them see. Yeah, it, and... it, the, again, going to Cameron Crowe, Kirsten Dunst in Elizabethtown. Oh, she's the, ult- she's the she's ultimate. She's the one that, that, that started it. Started the term. So, why well, well, I reference it. But I think it's, I actually really love Elizabethtown. But I, I think that's where it comes from. And I look back here in the, in the here 1960, and it's still kind of there. This is a better, more thought out, more well executed version. But yep. you can see more how. Out, yeah. So you watch this as a young 15 year old, and you're going to go to I'm going to go to Hollywood and write a script, and I'm, and you can see how the generations will dumb it down. Yeah, I can slowly, see, slowly, and that slowly. leads leads to bad romantic comedies, which are simply those like uh, beats that you tick off, right. To get to the right. ending without actually having a purpose right. to it. I love a romantic comedy that uses those beats but actually makes sense of them 
and it feels thought mm-hmm. out and it feels like it does full circle and it comes right. back. Well, which is why Man Up is great because it's told – it's really for me, it's it's from Lake Bell's character's point of view, yeah. Nancy. And so it gives it – it automatically gives it a different, more well-rounded and feel. And things like her mantras end up coming true at the end in a right. very different way than right. you expect. And it has those big set pieces with the dancing. And anyway, you should watch <laughs> We We could probably do a But you can, a you can definitely yeah, trace a line. Man Up, uh, mm-hmm. Harry Met Sally, Almost yeah. Famous, Pretty Woman. You can trace it all back to the apartment. And probably then you could probably trace the apartment to It Happened One Night and the movies that sure. came before it. Sure. But yeah, this is one of the best examples right. of a romantic comedy done well. Absolutely, it was it was it was great. It was you know it was also again I mentioned Fred McMurray at the top of the show to watch <laughs> to watch him who I knew him growing up from the guy the dad from My Three Sons seen on repeats on Saturday mornings on Channel Five or something like that to watch him kind of a, you know a scoundrel in this movie. Yeah, I knew him from Double Indemnity, which is another Billy Wilder film. But but a serious take, you know? very serious yeah. take. So yeah, this was different again for me right. to watch him in this role. And but, he seems uh, like a fascinating guy off camera. You were telling me a great story that Shirley, Shirley MacLaine was saying about during this filming he'd eat his lunch that his wife prepared for yeah so this was pre-catering and uh-huh. pre like um what they call it craft services crafty crafty so they had to buy their own lunch <laughs> <laughs> during the filming and fred mcmurray as shirley mcclain tells it was a little bit a little bit careful with his money he didn't like to uh-huh. spend his money even though he probably had quite a bit for that time because yeah. he he was such a well-known actor and a working actor so he's wife used to pack his lunch every day so he would bring his little packed lunch and everyone else would go out and buy lunch and he would just right. bring out his lunch and he'd sit there with them all and eat it but they'd be like really you can't just buy something you're in a restaurant no you've got to bring your little lunchbox <laughs> uh but from all accounts which, he was a lovely lovely guy which seems like to see him in this role is kind of a bit of a scoundrel uh well bit all all of them were scoundrel these married men taking women to this apartment uh, i know let's, let's and that character call it what it is that character character is is really well written because he is that kind of guy that he says all the right things so you can completely understand why she wants to believe him sure and why she falls for it it's not like you're like oh you're an idiot what are you doing with him get away he's never gonna leave his wife right maybe you could see that a little bit but you can understand where she's coming from and it's not until his secretary spells out for her no you are not special you are one of a million and we've all heard this story sure that that's when she realizes he's never going to do what he says right. and this is a hopeless cause Which, uh, but she still loves him because right. he, he's charming and he talks the talk and right. you gotta believe some people sometimes Wait, you just you just maybe actually flash back to when harry met sally with carrie fisher's character who has very short hair a la shirley mcclain constantly yeah. saying he's never gonna leave him he's never gonna leave him i know he's never gonna leave him exactly she, she would pursue married men all the time um, exactly so as we wrap up here leash uh you have done it again uh, a spectacular <laughs> movie that i need to add Great. to my collection um therapy session and a movie. therapy session we got through it and and Bonus. it's definitely something i'm going to want to watch again and study things a little bit more study the storytelling the writing the performance of mr jack lemon yeah. which by the way i love that these two characters at the, at the time here in 1960 uh, uh as they're falling in love and flirting they're still saying mr baxter mr baxter she's trying yeah, to get miss into Kublik. Yeah. yeah i know and he um, takes his hat off in the elevator right i actually oh. really enjoyed that that part where she's like she's like the only one i know one who takes your hat 
off. And, and don't you just want her? I know we've got to wrap up, but don't you just want her to realize like he is the sure. only nice guy in this office? Absolutely. And she just doesn't even see him yeah. until until the end. Yeah, as as formerly one of the world's nicest guys, I, I absolutely <laughs> want her to appreciate it. But uh, as uh, as I uh, am becoming an older, bitter man, I'm like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> keep your hat on, man. It doesn't matter. Um, no, then you realize like, oh yeah, when he actually becomes himself yeah. and stands. It, Absolutely. Treats himself the way he should. Put himself well, first. That's when yeah. she is attracted but to But that, that's a good point. And, and yeah, all right, we're supposed to wrap up. We're in control of the show. We'll go on here a little God bit here. damn it. One of my arguments, again, I say jokingly I was formerly a nice guy. I still think I'm a nice human being. But there is something where I think the nice guy who finishes last absolutely can be the bad guy because they mm-hmm. aren't – one of the things about the other men is that they're more – they're just they're more cocksure, more confident, and there's a negative side to some of that stuff. But but it's not about being cocky. It's about being who you're, a man and who you're supposed to be. Uh, and I don't just mean in terms of gender, but just as as a human, who you're supposed yes. to be, and being strong man and, and man up, and not being a pushover, yes. or, or or being who you are fully supposed to be, and be full, being fully formed. I think that's the thing. I mean, this is sounds like an Instagram quote that people put up there, but it's it's like until you really like yourself, or you put yourself mm-hmm. first, and no one else will. Like right. no one else will see you in that way, and and uh, hashtag jump leash jump. Yeah, I mean not to not to get back into to therapy mode, but I used to think for for years and years that if I was the nice one mm-hmm. and I did everything for everyone else, mm-hmm. then they would do the same for me, and it's not the case. I mean, there's obviously Mm-mm. people that you would do something for, and absolutely, yeah, your good friends that you will do anything for, and they will absolutely do the same for you, but. Other people are just not worth it. And right. um, and when you're putting yourself out to the point like him where he's sleeping out in the cold, right. which is probably something I would have done for sure. someone else, I uh, yeah. you know, then you realize, okay, something's wrong here. I would have taken a punch for a girl even though I didn't deserve it. Um, but, yeah, and yeah. I'm not just saying, guys out there, if you don't misconstrue me, uh, I'm not you just saying – not saying you have to be mean or be, be, be an a-hole I think it's here. like respect for yourself. It is absolutely is, respect for yourself. And, and, and it's not as if like the, uh, the completely confident – two cocky guys are uh, worth it, like the Fred McMurray character. Right, right. He, in the end, he gets found out. But it's about being being worthy uh, in a situation where it's like, look, I can tell you I've been there for 20 years or so off and on during different points of my life where I'm like, I'm the nice guy. I opened the door for you. I was there when you cried. Yeah, yeah. you're also a, a shriveling, shriveling uh, yeah, wimp of a man. they won't respect you because you don't respect yourself. Right, yeah. and after a while, I had to re- re- realize that. And this movie really does highlight that. I'm glad you brought that up here at the end. And look, we joke we're, we're in therapy session here the show no this is what a great movie will do exactly this is what a great movie will do and if you're alone on a friday night watching this like say me and shop girl <laughs> uh shop girl's the inside joke that i watched that movie but i learn a lot from that movie or yep. sometimes i refuse to learn anything from the movie yeah, you're like why do you have to be right movie <laughs> right stop talking to me in that way and that is as you said the the sign of a great movie that right. it hits you in an emotional way mm-hmm. where you can directly relate to those characters you can sometimes learn something you can sometimes not learn something right. but just that, or refuse to learn refuse something refuse to learn something but yes that that is right. what a good movie should do in my opinion mm. i know there is a place for the turn your brain off and just sure. enjoy mindless entertainment but mm. again why i love classic movies is because mm. it's all about the story and the characters and this movie is a great example of that of a movie that will hit you in the emotional core in a way that mindless entertainment won't and sometimes you yeah. need a good kick up the butt 
you do a kick up the arse, as it were, and this one definitely does it. I certify this movie legendary. Yay! On Alicia Malone's film school. So, uh, The Apartment, 1960, Billy Wilder, Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine, Fred McMurray, and, and the guy who I'm going to research the actor, there's a character actor who plays like the boss businessman in a lot of things. He may have been in Bewitched. I was trying to think. I think so. I think, I think he, he was, was in, in, Be- Bewitched. in Bewitched. And he's in this yeah. movie as well as one of the philandering um, scoundrel, scoundrel uh, husbands who uh, take their wives to this apartment. Um, so this was a great experience. It was a movie that has a lot of depth. And if you have gotten through this podcast, and still have not uh, checked the movie out, I hope you uh, do it, even though it's spoiled for you. And if you took the journey along with us, please, Alicia Malone and myself would like to know your thoughts and how you you felt. So uh, you can follow both of of us on Twitter. I'm at Ken Napsok. She's at Alicia Malone. I would love to hear if people relate to this movie in the same emotional, big way that I do. So let me know what you take from this film. I would love to hear it. And what you loved about it, what you maybe didn't like and and you know the only thing i'll say i didn't like it's that's not the right phrase i'm going around down the wrong path watching it a couple times because because it's of its time in 1960 i'm like i'd love to see not a reboot not a remake not a rehash i just if i would if this movie been made in 1997 or something or even 2011 where like i'd love to see a real modern take on it now with cell phones so you wouldn't stand outside the majestic (laughs) but you know what i mean like because it's it's a really true emotional core that that's timely yeah, you could do it. You could yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want. The, I wouldn't want a reboot Twitter of. The, I want to make that clear to anyone yeah. out there. I wouldn't want a reboot of this movie. What I'm saying is, a couple times I was like, oh, I'd like to see someone do this Inspired now by, because it is yeah. such a great premise and mm-hmm. uh, something that can is relatable now yeah. as it is back then. But now with technology, sometimes even more so relatable. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So where I was going at before I sidetracked myself, you follow each of us on Twitter and do us a favor and hashtag. Uh, film school. We're just going to do hashtag film school, yeah, and you tag both of film us. Film school is too long. Too long. So hashtag film, film school. school, and uh, we'll be able to join that conversation with you and and uh, talk about it uh, on the social media platforms. Um, so Alicia Malone, you are a great professor of film. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me on my passion. This is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like uh, I just feel so happy every time someone discovers a movie that they like that they hadn't. Pre- Previously known. Absolutely. And look, my, my vow to you is that if you put something up there that I don't like, I'll say I don't like it. You'll say no. I'll say no. Um, but schmuffle. Um, <laughs> I, I will, because this is the, the process. I have to be honest in this process. I'm not just, uh, oh, cool. Uh, good yeah, job, Leash. Oh, good. I can't wait for this to end. Maybe you, but, next time I'll throw you a curveball. Yeah. Just, uh, okay. just to mix it up a little. Absolutely. But okay. uh, for now, you're three for three. And this this one, I will say, so far, has been the favorite of the ones you've, you've shown me. Hurrah. Uh, huzzah, huzzah. So uh, for the lovely, delightful, super film professor, Alicia Malone, who is doing doing so many wonderful things and we mentioned it but I want to highlight your excellent new show that you've started with Amiri Jedekin and Roth Cornett on your channel but powered by HitFix which is Girls on Film I know yes. you're very happy about that very passionate about it mm-hmm. you know what Ken sometimes you have to pick yourself <laughs> going back to therapy don't wait for other people to choose you just do it yourself 
And that's what Girls of Film is all about and we love the reaction and yeah. we love doing it and it's just so much fun. Good. And so check that out. You can go to Alicia Malone's YouTube channel and uh, find that out there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, more coming from you, I know. Uh, some great things ahead for you oh, in, yeah. uh, at the end of this year and into next year. It is the year of Leash 2016. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I say that every year, but next nope. year for sure. Nope. This year, I, year I, for sure. I feel it. I feel it. Jump, <laughs> Leash, jump. Building to that. Is going to be it. Uh, um, it's, uh, I'm heading towards the middle of rom- romantic comedy, and then maybe 2016, nope, nope, I'll nope, be nope, like, nope. "Yep, no, no, you're no, you're wrong." Towards the end, you're still at the beginning, Leash. Okay. At the end of 2016, you might be at a New Year's party getting and a speech, running. and there might be a run. Great. That's what's coming. Okay, that's good. That's good. I'll go for that. <laughs> and if I end up being right in that prediction, I'm going to start predicting sports games as well and taking some bets. Uh, uh, Alicia, you're my favorite. You know that. And it's so great to learn at your feet here in a oh, film school. Thank you. I'm Ken Napsok. This is the Napsok Files podcast feed. You can subscribe on iTunes, rate and review, or on Stitcher and Podomatic as well. Follow me at Ken Napsok. And don't forget to hashtag film school and I'm so curious to see what I'm learning next time. So for Alicia, for Cadden, for Jack Lemon, for Shirley McLean and Fred McMurray, we will see you next time. Bye.